Welcome to Speak of the Devil. My name is Reverend Campbell, and I've got a hell of a show for you today. It's a Monday. It's post-Game of Thrones season finale, so I know some people are having some emotional trauma from that. They may not want to get online for a while, or they're screaming in a pillow. I don't know. <laughs> but whatever the case, I do appreciate all of you joining live uh, if you had the opportunity to join live. So, Lanny, great to see you. Thanks so much. Dallas, my man. Going to see you soon. Robert, holy shit. How you doing, man? And buy more. How you doing? Oh, Ara, how are you, my dear? Good to see you. Okay, so we've got uh, uh, a bunch to talk about, but first, let me introduce uh, the ghost, the beautiful Lois Pilgrim. How are you, my dear? <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> You're not so bad yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is going to be a sort of half and half. Uh, you're going to have to deal with me twitching and stuff throughout the whole conversation. <laughs> um, but uh, I just, uh, you know, I, sometimes I like, even if it's going to be uh, a photo uh, or an audio recording, I like just to get all dressed up for for no reason. It just feels no. good after a long day sometimes. And I know Absolutely. you can relate. So, <laughs> and we're going to get into that too. Uh, but first and foremost, um, just by way of uh, introduction, uh, for those who may not have read your work or may not be familiar with who you are, um, can you give the audience just a little bit of, you know, a rundown of um, uh, who you are, what you do, you know, stuff like that? <clears throat> well, I have, I've been writing for quite some time. Um, and my latest work was uh, Rascal, a Manifesto. Mm -hmm. I took great pleasure writing that book it's a uh, basically a book about the uh you know the salutary effects of the uh seven deadly sins <laughs> it was actually um when i wrote that book it was really um i was you know drawing a land in the sand at that point i knew exactly you know when you get to a point in life where you know exactly or mostly uh, who you are, what you want, where you're at, what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. And I mean, that's even more important because, um, you know, depending on your background, it can, it can be very difficult to state clearly what is not acceptable as opposed to what is, you know. Is, um, you, can I interrupt really quick? Do you think there is actually a, a time when someone knows for sure what that line is? Because I feel the older I get, the the more I learn that I don't really know where that line is for me. Like sometimes I have to I have to allow people to cross what I should have had a line for me to know that that line should have been there. You know? <laughs> okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. Of course, that makes perfect sense too. I mean, we're constantly, you know, learning. That's part of being human. Yeah. Um, being human is essentially a learning process from beginning to end, unless, of course, you're you have some, you know, serious uh, psychological issues and you just you know, can't seem to grow and evolve, which, uh, uh, I mean, that's really, uh, you're at the point where you're existing and you're not really living. If you can't adjust, adapt, 
change. Um, you know, uh, obviously there are certain there are certain parts of us that can't that we can't really change um, as much as we, as we would like, depending on what our experiences have been, and that's okay too. Mm. Um, but um, you know, like, uh, gosh, I'm almost a month away from my birthday. I'll be fifty this year. No way. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't mention that. <laughs> <laughs> you do not look even close. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it can be a tremendous advantage, you know, to look young and to have the experience that comes with being 50. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and when I was I 16, it was, <laughs> it was incredibly irritating when I was 16 and I looked like I was maybe nine years old, you know? I can imagine, <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, you know, as I tell, uh, as I tell the young ones, just, just wait, it'll pay off later on in life. Trust me, mm. yeah. <laughs> put up with it, you know, put up with being carded. Um, but <clears throat> the fact is though, that I do feel at this point uh, more comfortable in my own skin than I've ever felt. And, um, <clears throat> part of that is definitely being as much aware as possible of, um, you know, what, again, what you will allow and what you won't allow. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that I think that's part of, you know, respecting your own, uh, your integrity, not, not, not in a moral sense or anything, but as, you know, the, the, your own makeup, what, what, what forms your, your inner and outer being as mm -hmm. it were, right? So in, in a sense, you're, um, it's a self-preservation strategy. Yeah. I mean, it's very important and a, a very important part of Satanism and an incredibly healthy part of Satanism, I might add. It's, you know, uh, I have a degree in religious studies mm -hmm. and uh, <clears throat> I've, you know, been around the block, religiously speaking. Uh, this is in part due to my own, uh, you know, history, childhood, adolescence, and so on, um, and like um, all the complexities that come along with that. And right. I'm just very curious by nature. I'm fascinated by everything. Um, I love learning about everything um, uh, that's of interest to me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Satanism is very healthy. Yeah. <laughs> very, it's very respectful of, uh, you know, what makes a human human. And I have not encountered this much um, <clears throat> in other uh, religious systems. Although that there is the there is often the hint of it, mm -hmm. um, but. Uh, uh, it's usually in the more mystical aspects of religion, which are usually the more uh, enigmatic and uh, actually troublesome uh, area of religion to even most religions. You know, most mystics yeah. are declared saints after they're dead. <laughs> 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 they're, they're a little, they're a little, you know, they, they tend to be a little problematic when they're alive because it basically um, mysticism has this, this, one of its characteristics is to essentially, in a way, dissolve what the 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 more dogmatic aspects of religion mm. they they tend to dissolve in this this sort of uh, everyone has to be where they 
need to be and uh, evolve as they need to evolve, which tends to be counter to the more uh, proselytizing types of, uh, you know, uh, written in stone type things. Uh, when... Go ahead, please. I've been rambling. Oh, now. no, no, no. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to follow that up with the idea that I, I, I and again, maybe it's solipsistic of me and, and or just speaking to my personal experience. I never came in to the idea of Satanism with this idea of self-improvement or actualization. Mm -hmm. I like I was just like, oh, like horns and naked girls. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Like that. Which, hey, that's pretty damn good too. I it have is. to say, no, I, I like those aspects myself. <laughs> and so it's like it was really surprising to me. There, there was that corner that we all inevitably turn from <laughs> horns on your head and and boobies in your face to like, oh shit, no, there's actually some real substance here, and and it's not substance that is forcing me into something else. It's substance of making me look in a mirror and take an honest, objective view. And that, not only is it uncommon amongst religions, at least that I've found mm. or, or researched or studied at all, but it's it's that part of, of mysticism that I'm aware of where it does say, look within yourself, but then mm. it's saying, don't just keep it there. Like, take it into the real world and apply what you have learned about yourself to find your measure of success, whatever that may be. I, well, I yeah. find that so empowering. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because it, it, it goes beyond mysticism in, in the sense that mm -hmm. there is this fleshly, you know, the, the, the bones and blood and just, just the, you know, uh, there's, there's just enjoying life in all of its aspects. There's no, uh, you know, there's no asceticism, unless, of course, that just happens to be your, your kink or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, whatever turns your crank, that's what I always say. I mean, that to me, one of the most important things about life, um, and one of the uh, one of the ways that I live out my like, you know, my my uh, uh, my satanic existence, if you will, mm -hmm. um, the most deeply is this the idea of you know, um. Doing what you need to do, concentrating on yourself and letting other people figure their shit out. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, this, not, this, this mania for interfering with, you know, what people need to figure out for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's incredibly important to me. Uh, you know, the idea of having your own boundaries and also respecting other people's boundaries and development and so on, um, you know, which is actually one of the aspects of um, Eastern Orthodox mysticism that was so, so appealing to me, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, um, I was working through uh, previous life issues. At, I mean, uh, you know, I became Orthodox when I was uh, in my, uh, my early 30s, right? Mm -hmm. After like a, a period that was, uh, uh, I, there's, I mean, there, really, there's nothing I haven't done uh, uh, as, in in the sense of you know trying to just uh, explore every possible avenue, and I mean that came out of uh, a childhood and an adolescence that were uh, difficult because there was uh, issues of domestic violence. Right. And, um, you know, the way that, uh, like my, uh, like my mother worked through those 
those those things was uh, through again through uh, uh, religious uh, aspects of, of of life, and the bond was very strong. Um, but um, uh, evangelical Christianity just really just didn't do it for me, <laughs> you know. Good. Um, yeah, no. Um, so, but again, it's it's a complicated thing because you have to understand the uh, the history of Quebec back in you know the fifties and the sixties into the seventies. This was you know this was a Roman Catholic bastion on on planet Earth, which is no yes. longer the case now. Quebec is very uh, secular, hmm. but not back then. Back then, uh, you know, uh, when the bishop came to Montreal. Uh, not that I saw this with my own eyes because I was too young, mm-hmm. uh, but I did see a documentary about this. And, you know, the, the bishop had the cassock with the lacy dude thingy on <laughs> that and the other, you know, accoutrements and, and so on. And he was saluting the crowds in Montreal saying, you know, like that uh, your prince has come. I, you, you really have to hear it to believe it, honestly. Jeez. It was quite unbelievable the hold that Roman Catholicism had on the province in those days. And if, you know, if you're brought up Catholic, um, you didn't even talk to Protestants. You know, you would cross the street and, mm. and half the time they would, they would be, you know, English speaking. But um, it was very, very dangerous, you know. And uh, um, they, 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 they had, you know, uh, powerful influence on uh, the government and all those types of things. Wow. So I mean, if you're brought up in that environment, it's, it's, it, uh, it's not, it's not, it's not easy to get out. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the uh, '70s. Uh, like movements like, uh, you know, Protestant religions that, you know, the United States, this is, I mean, you know, the bread and butter, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you will, you know, who doesn't, who hasn't heard of those things. It was incredibly foreign here and it was incredibly uh, revolutionary in a sense because it, it did, de- you know, it deferred, it, it, uh, uh, it was very uh, different. Um, and in some aspects for some people, it was liberating, Right. Um, but, uh, uh, it was something that I found it I, inherently problematic from, uh, from the, from the beginning. But again, you know, there's, it's complex, it's complicated, effective issues and so on. So, um, is it, is it that background that you had, um, and, and watching your mother, uh, with her religious connections that led you to religious studies? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, because um, I needed to untangle all of these things, you know, and I, I was very dissatisfied personally with like the answers that were given within that, that, uh, you know, uh, uh, evangelical, uh, 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 you know, uh, way of looking at life and, and living it was it was deeply dissatisfying to me personally um I, I found it i found many things about it incredibly illogical and um but um and i was again i was just a very curious person who asked a lot of questions and and just asked way too many questions <laughs> you know i just was not content with these answers that to me were just very 
in in many ways were often i mean deeply uh, troubling to me right. um j- namely because of this the the and again like the you know the Quebec brand of evangelicalism is very different uh, uh very different than the american one even really? now, right um so uh but still i just uh we, we you know we think about you know in satanism the idea of uh you know uh, um um equality is a flawed idea you know, which is true, uh, you know, just from a logical standpoint, right? Um, I'm not the equal, let's say, musically to Mozart. <laughs> Obviously, what? I would be deluding myself if I thought this. Um, but uh, um, there is there is within, you know, some some religious ways of thinking. Uh, I'm not just religious, too, in, in any way of uh, any sort of mass group thinking, uh, this idea of, um, uh, I call it a false elitism, if you will. It, it's kind of a um, an elitism that doesn't have really any legs to stand on, as in, uh, you know, it depends on what you believe, right. like on, on a faith system. Um, and uh, and if you don't believe this, you're automatically uh, um, you're automatically uh, um, you know I wouldn't say subhuman, but practically. Um, I mean, I wouldn't even say that, that. For example, Satanism is um, cured of that mentality either, because yeah, you, you run a Satanism, a, a religion that that espouses you are the highest embodiment of human life if you simply identify sure. with this volume, and then anyone who reads it's just like be self yeah. you have to yeah you have to have you have to have excellent self-awareness mm-hmm. for this to actually be of benefit not only to you but to others around you yeah. you know um it's like uh, this idea uh, i mean if you were very inexperienced and you went around saying you know uh, i am a divine uh, being you know i'm using this in quotation marks mm-hmm. here we're, we're talking about uh, something uh, um you know, like a, a sort of metaphor, if you will. I am, you know, my deity. I'm not anyone else's. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You are yours and I am mine. And uh, that's that's a, a a very balanced way to look at things. So yeah. um, when I was, uh, you know, in my um, in my early 20s that's when I went to university and I actually began in the English department um but I gravitated towards English study I'm sorry religious studies I was just I was just there were so many things I just needed to know I needed to go at the root of things if you will and um you know I ended up uh, doing all kinds of things I learned to sight read Hebrew in a synagogue I was in reformed synagogue right um and uh, uh I, I I read a lot of uh, um, about I, I would read about you know Taoism and all those those types of uh, which I like to this day incidentally it's mm-hmm. it's um, I'm, I'm I think I'm I'm a Taoistic a, a Satanist if you will <laughs> no it's just kind of um, go with the flow be aware of your environment you know like your we have to be aware that we're, you know, like in this flow of of, of life that is just uh, we're we're 
being pushed along with it in a sense. But at the same time, once you develop, you know, you're conscious of this, you can learn to navigate the current to your advantage. You go mm -hmm. around obstacles. It takes you, let's say, to a nice, uh, you know, to a nice uh, uh, flowing stream as opposed to, you know, down Niagara Falls or something. Yeah, whereas straight Taoism would just say, let the river guide you. Exactly. Exactly. This exact same is the exact same thing. Yeah. So, um, but uh, you know, then I there was something that just was not resolved uh, in me, and um, in, in in connection with like Christianity in in particular, I just you know had this idea that there was some kind of loving force out there, which I had not to me like. Uh, I had not found at all within, uh, you know, evangelicalism. In fact, uh, to me, it was the complete opposite. Um, and uh, um, that's how I, I uh, became interested in uh, Eastern Orthodoxy. Um, because it's very... Uh, like, for instance, if you, if, you, if you go from the evangelical point of view... It's like you're um, in a court of law and you've been granted a pardon, mm -hmm. right, from the stern yet loving judge, whatever that even means. Um, whereas suddenly there was this idea that you're actually, um, you're suffering from something uh, that's afflicting you and you're going to be healed from it, which to me made a lot more sense in the context of you're going to have this supposedly loving you know, divine entity, right? right. But, um, but I eventually came to the conclusion but that this was also a deeply flawed notion because there's, at the root of it all, there's always this idea that being human just is not good enough. Right. You have to be magically, you know, transformed somehow. You have to, even in the context of, you know, this synergetic thing where, um, uh, uh, you know, God became human so that humans could become God, etc. Uh, you know, uh, but still there's this idea that you did this supernatural injection of something because humans, being human is just not enough somehow, which is, which is, um, I really don't think this is a good thing. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, and in, in my case, um, I came to realize in the end that um, I was basically working through um, liberating myself from like a malignant narcissist influence from my childhood, hmm. um, uh, paternal in this case. And um, I, I wasn't really fully aware of all of, you know, that impact. The, of, that this was the case and what it implied until uh, you know when later on in life, and uh, even the so-called loving God was just was almost worse than the uh, in-your-face hellfire and brimstone. Uh, you know, if you don't repent, I'm going to send you to hell forever and ever. This 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 sort of uh, loving synergetic sort of suffering God was was more um it was even more harmful in a sense because it was also just it was uh it was it was again this this 
notion that um, you have to uh, uh, suffer to be acceptable. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the only difference is you're with this God who's suffering with you. So it's just, you know, it's, it's uh, all these standard, you know, without me, you can do nothing. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, even if when you have this from the perspective of a psychotic, you know, hellfire and brimstone deity, and a supposedly all loving, uh, self-forgetful, etc., etc., deity, you still have this notion that um, you have to be altered by the superior being um, and that uh, the less you are, the more you are. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's a, yeah. that's a very harmful idea that um, that uh, I left. And um, it was not so much about, in a sense, it wasn't so much about religion, but about freeing myself from uh, past trauma. And fortunately, leaving a... Uh, you know, a a disturbed deity is way way easier than leaving a disturbed spouse. <laughs> 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 you know, when you walk out the door, that's it. You know, it's just the the mystical. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the mystical phantom just dissipates into nothing. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Because you had already experienced trauma. Um, growing up. And so when you came across uh, the Stanton Bible and the religion of Satanism, upon reflection now, did you see it any differently than maybe you think other people saw the religion? Um, and I ask only because it's often referred to as like the greatest self-help book ever. Um, <laughs> and if you're coming into uh, realization of the religion with having experienced trauma, did that did that strike a chord in you more than some of the other sort of uh, outlandish things uh, coming from a religious background? Uh, I would definitely say so. I mean, I, you know, I, I was, I had, I already had such a rich multi-layered uh, experience, you know, in life um, mm -hmm. that I could already see beyond the uh, more, um, what do they call it? First, uh, first, uh, first uh, that's it. <laughs> It was already uh, much richer than that. Mm. Um, I actually came across the book uh, when I was a teenager. Um, not, not that that I, I didn't read it then. I, I just went through it a little bit because I, I, I often worked in bookstores and I spent a lot of time in bookstores. But I, I worked in several bookstores and, of course, it was in the New Age section, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the New Age, yeah. It's the gateway to easy. <laughs> that's what i well, thought anyway <laughs> you know the thing is it's it's like um <clears throat> it, it, the thing is it's it's uh, a lot of time a lot of, a lot of times you know the new age movement gets a bad rap but you know if you if you if you come you know from a certain type of background new age is just oh my goodness it's just uh all that's missing is the horns. It's it's almost <laughs> dangerous. It's you know, uh, you read some of the passages in, in in like the epistles or whatever, and like you know, all other gods are demons. So uh, um, it's something like New Age, the New Age movement is is just incredibly dangerous. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so. Well. Um, uh, I mean, even when I was when I was young, I always loved 
doing things by myself and I read extensively about just about everything I could get my hands on and I was just um I loved you know horror movies and strange yeah. things and odd things and um I was always like that um and uh you know it's just in many ways life was just kind of uh but I, I never, you know, I never have regrets about, oh, if only I had, if I had had X and Y and Z mm. earlier on. I just, to me, it's just all added to the richness of, of my life. And it's deepened my appreciation of, of how I live now and how I think and how I view the world. So, um, but the first times I saw the Satanic Bible, it just, it just seemed like, oh my goodness, this, you know, the, it's like, this black book <laughs> so so mysterious so uh, so um uh you know it just it just something that you know you you you'd been told was 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 dangerous just because yeah. it had satan on it obviously but yet ooh eerily irresistible <laughs> yes that don't put don't touch this red button <laughs> like that's well, exactly it, what it is. I mean, you know, I I I finally did read it when I was in you know my mid twenties, um, but back then it was almost as a it wasn't. It was incredibly it was helpful then, but I it, I couldn't fully appreciate it because I was still in reactionary mode right. uh, uh, with previous experiences, you know. So I was. Uh, uh, it's almost like uh, I couldn't fully appreciate it because I was too nihilistic. Mm. I was life is absurd. Life sucks. It's all shit. So uh, it's all. It, it, when you're like that, you cannot enjoy life. You know yeah. what I mean. So um, uh, it's it's uh, it, it. I it was still basically it, it was it was uh, you know sort of aging like a fine wine in the recesses of my brain. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and it was there when I was when when the time was right, mm -hmm. and I could appreciate it and live it as I could not have before. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, can I can I touch on this really quick because you you were just describing that um, you were you were so nihilistic that you could actually enjoy life, and this is a concept that I'm not entirely sure people truly understand because growing up everyone i knew that was self-destructive or mm. didn't give a fuck about anything mm. used their behavior as an excuse of like the, their fallback was well i'm just living life to the fullest and so i'm just going to do all this self-destructive stuff and if, uh, if you think that that <laughs> is living that that this is the 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 misunderstanding i think a lot of mm -hmm. young individuals have is that Self-destructive behavior in whatever form it takes is not living life to the fullest. And right. that's that's paid off by the fact that so many people die from said behavior. So, exactly. So if you right. really want to enjoy life, maybe <laughs> have a little bit more um, perspective about what you're doing and look a little more long term than your immediate. No, I want to. I want to try heroin for the first time, and you know whatever. Yeah, I, I definitely would not recommend that. Um, but you know, sometimes, uh, well, I, I would say most of the times, uh, most of the time when you're young, you. It's very difficult to to fully grasp those 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 types of things. I mean, I think it only comes with experience, you know. Um, but uh, 
uh, to me, Satanism is the absolutely, it's the complete opposite uh, of of, of uh, nihilism. You know what I mean? I mean, there is an there is a sort of existential life is absurd thing. But what it what it took me a, a many years to understand actually was, um, you know, uh, when I was when I was younger, I would think, you know, there is no loving creative force out there life is meaningless and therefore <clears throat> absurd and pointless and there's there there but then you you eventually if you know if you're in, if you're fortunate to a certain extent you realize that um life has no meaning but that does not prevent you from making meaning for yourself mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you have that power to create meaning for yourself, to give your own life meaning, to give your your own time meaning. Um, it's, I think it's just an amazing thing just to be alive in the moment, as it were. It doesn't doesn't matter if it doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it to it it doesn't make it any less uh, any less. Uh, Hopefully you can't hear my cat meowing. <laughs> oh, no, I don't think I can. Potion has just entered the room and I'm talking to someone other than him. So he's going to stop him. And... He's like, I don't think so. <laughs> How dare you? So, you know, it's just... Uh, I think it's an amazing thing that that we are alive in this moment that you know everything that the you know from 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 the the start uh that you know you were talking about you know uh, millions of years and so on and and here we are mm-hmm. um aware of this moment it's, it's amazing and um um i in one of my books i <clears throat> was writing about you know um having a finite time is actually not such a bad thing um, because you know, you think about people like uh, you know Groucho Marx, for instance. He, we would not have Groucho Marx if he had not been born in the time and place where he was born, having the experiences that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like doing vaudeville as a, as a teenager and having these incredibly all these wild adventures that I mean, he could not have had these now because mm-hmm. the you know the the things that made him who he was and gave him his sense of humor his his outlook on life that uh, that gave us this incredible art that he did you know it, it wouldn't exist if he had not been born then mm-hmm. and uh <clears throat> actually speaking of groucho marx he did uh, he did he he did one thing that i often think about and i and i think is just amazing is um when he was, uh, you know, at, at that point he was uh, an old man and he was really was getting near the end. And a friend went to visit him at the hospital. And uh, the the friend wrote that, you know, uh, he was he was really weak and so on. And I and I uh, something like he walked to me and he just fell a bit and I caught him. And he said, Groucho said, you know, you're always a terrible dancer. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, see, this is a life fully lived. You know, they could have that kind of humor, yeah. that kind of strength, that kind of that kind of chutzpah, you know, in in the final chapter of his of his existence. That is that is just an incredibly beautiful, 
powerful thing and it's human mm-hmm. you know it's it's of course humans have done all kinds of uh, insane things we, we always have and we always will i think yeah. uh, you know until we become extinct by whatever for whatever reason um but um it's that 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 I really prefer myself to look at, uh, you know, the, the 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 best, the most shining examples of what a fully life, fully lived life is. You know, mm. what else do we have? What's the alternative? Yeah. Just not do that, and just be miserable and die. Um, we're going to die anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want to talk about that because, you know, we're speaking to this idea that the religion of Satanism uh, actually gives you the keys to the car. Like, you can literally take control of your own narrative. And in the absolute absence, in the chaos of the universe, of any given narrative for any given individual, we can actually define it for ourselves. And it's just one of those other ideas that is constantly played through in all of Satanism. We are our own gods in multitudes of ways. This is just another one of those. And taking control of your own narrative is something that you did as well, because not only did you go to university starting uh, to study English, but going to religious studies, but you ended up writing as well. Um, when, when you, did you always have a passion for writing? Is this something that you came into later in life? Oh, ever since I could hold a pen. Oh, wow. I just, I just love, you know, paper, pens, writing. I'm always jotting something down somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, writing and reading basically ever since I could hold a book, I started obviously reading first. Mm-hmm. Even when I couldn't read, I would just sit there with little books and I would stare at them. And then uh, by the time I was in uh, grade school, I, I, I would read incredibly fast. In fact, like sometimes someone would, you know, an adult would lend me a book and say, you know, I think you'll find this interesting. And then, you know, shortly after would say, so how's the, you know, how are you enjoying the book? And I'd say, oh, it was great. <laughs> they, couldn't, they couldn't believe I already read it, you know. Um and in fact, um, <clears throat> expressing myself through the written word has been one of my survival self-preservation strategies, as well as something I deeply, phenomenally enjoy to do. It's very self-indulgent. Mm-hmm. I, I just love doing it. And the fact that, you know, some people have enjoyed what I've written is just the cherry on the sundae, essentially. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> I just, uh, like you, you were just bringing up the fact that you know the power that you the, that you that you claim for yourself, like mm-hmm. as a saint, is incredibly empowering. It's also very therapeutic. You know, I have PTSD because of my childhood, um, and uh, one of the ways that I've uh, this is a form of lesser magic to me. Um, I've uh, I've uh, collected a lot of toys I loved when I was uh, young mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, basically it's like half of it is me as an adult going back to the past and salvaging all these little things these these moments of joy that I carved out for myself that enabled me to keep going and just salvaging them out of the past Right. And claiming them, you know what I mean? No, nothing, you, you know, you won't take this away from me. I am taking my life back, you know, from mm. you. 
right? It's mine and it's not yours, it's mine. And in the other half, it's basically me as a child, basically uh, taking what made me happy and and fucking off with it. <laughs> you know, I'm leaving. <laughs> Goodbye. You know, yeah. I am gone. So it's it's uh, <clears throat> it's again this this idea that that you know you we really have to be responsible for our uh, life. Hmm. You know what I mean? To, to 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 dare to say this is my joy, and I'm going to no one's going to take it from me mm. you know and this allowed me to survive you know so uh, this is it's very important i think well i i find it interesting because you're you're very open and forward about your your personal experience uh and your your, your past trauma you write specifically to it in in yeah. some of your work uh and your your you the imagery the pho photographs that you take it it <laughs> presents this persona of being this wild extrovert when in <laughs> truth it's very different so how is is just a way of of working through that i mean what I, yeah i think so it's you know the the funny thing is um <clears throat> according to the myers briggs system I, i'm an infj which means that we're the most introverted of introverts but also often mistaken for extroverts because wow. of this 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 need to kind of put your experiences out there right. but i i read one time that um people who are introverted very introverted as in you know you recharge when you're alone and you right. need to be alone a lot and you're in your head a lot um will um express themselves in zany ways like for instance uh, Rowan Atkinson doing Mr. Bean you know uh, and and so on or like you know Pee Wee Herman doing uh, Pee Wee well Paul Rubin doing Pee Wee Herman so on and so forth having these extravagant you know personas um, but your you know your extrovert for instance will be like you know Jay Leno <laughs> you know what I mean he gives interviews as himself and so on and so forth right. um, and uh, but I mean I just uh, I've always loved, uh, you know, uh, uh, like theater, the theater of life, and uh, I've, I've, uh, uh, I enjoy um, creating, mm. essentially. I enjoy creating, but at the same time, I'm very, very uh, reticent to get out of my hermit crab shell. So <laughs> that's so, wild because we've got some <laughs> images that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see one crab shell at all. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, I do. Uh, Zachary in the chat room is asking, um, what do you all think about the idea of self-creation as in being conscious of your actions as you form and reform your ego? And I think that's that, I think that's directly what yeah. we're speaking to here. Absolutely. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah. That's like that is that is. Um, that is the ultimate way to be human because i mean what really makes us human what make, what makes us humans being human is this storytelling is what makes us human first and foremost we're the only creatures who do this you know that we know of on on, right. on earth here and um this idea of storytelling we're constantly inventing ourselves because memories are 
are fleeting and uh, psychology has shown that we um we constantly reinterpret our own past and 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 um and adjust to it and sort of in a sense we're we're seeing it differently as we our experiences uh you know change so uh it, it's it's and i mean it, we're seeing it through this highly personal lens that is our own mind that it's so, so hard to communicate you know yeah. it's it's very hard to sort of cross that the, the 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 this individual threshold that we're in which is where art comes into play it's that attempt the attempt to share the story to live the story to create the story and be human if you if you don't have a story uh you don't really you're not really living i don't think you know that, that that's what that's what makes for the attempt to suppress uh, someone's story someone's that's basically like annihilating a person i i would say interesting so i do think it's fascinating because there there's um there is a, a way of interpreting what you're saying uh by means of if, if I'm a young man or woman growing up and I just don't feel like I've accomplished anything, I, mm -hmm. I haven't made any marks, thus I don't really have a story, there's a couple different ways that you can approach that perspective. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, with Satanism, for example, uh, it, and we've spoken to this many times, well, make a story for yourself. Like, like Absolutely. Take the tools you have and go create that story. Another way of interpreting it is to create your own myth whole cloth no, yeah yeah and, and define yourself on your own terms don't allow your experiences to be what characterize who and what you are because let's be honest in a lot of cases in this world your personal experiences are traumatic painful mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. Just Absolutely. I mean, and, and that's the that's the thing. If if we just leave them within that context, it's unbearable. Mm -hmm. How can you go on? You know, you you have to give it this this again this this mythical dimension, if you will. Yeah. Um, we we human beings need this, um, and and uh, that's that's why, uh, in a sense, being human will always be like a magical thing. Mm -hmm. You know well, what I mean? We're, we'll never be just mere creatures of of uh, pure rational intellect, if you will. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that is, that is, that, that's not what being human ultimately, uh, what it is, you yeah. know, it's, it, we've never been that way. And I don't think we ever will be. Um, Cause then, you know, we'll just, uh, we'll just end up like, you know, being the alliance of united atheists versus the, you know, united <laughs> a alliance of atheists. And I, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. just, it's so dry. I just, um, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, the, the being human is, is, is poetry, mm. which yeah. is, you know, magical. Right. So, um, and I mean, when you're young, you're just, just learning to hold the tools that you need to make the story, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like, Hey, take your time. It's cool. It's cool. If you haven't figured it out right away again, that's what is so often pushed these days. Um, well, you know, it's, it's and again, it, it speaks to this whole idea of, of, of not letting people be it. It, 
it's okay if, you know, it takes you a while to figure this stuff out. Yeah. If it doesn't come out the way you want the first time, and it probably won't, trust me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it, it'll take multiple attempts, multiple uh, experiments. Experimenting is fine. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, how, that's how we come to, you know, create, uh, again, art. And being a human is art. Yeah. Well, I want to speak to some of your art specifically here. Um, And just after this, Ara says, change is a natural, normal thing. Being conscious allows you to define and decide in what direction you grow, Mm -hmm. allowing you to be the master of your life and destiny. Absolutely. Yeah, Um, that's what that's what it means to be the master of your life. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're there. You 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 control every particle of everything that happens to you every day. I mean, you're you know, people who think that will be in for a massive disappointment (laughs) because Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know that that does not work that way. It's just taking what you know what you what you what you have and and fashioning it. You just take it like mm-hmm. you know you you create something out of it. It's uh, and 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 again, you. I think this enables you also to reach a certain kind of a certain level of contentment. You know, mm-hmm. uh, because we just will. You you can't control every aspect of your life. That's not what mastery is about. Mastery is about being fulfilled, being who you are, where you are, and, you know, changing what needs to be changed and working with what can't. Right. Yeah. Right. So please go on, my dear. I've interrupted you again. <laughs> <You're so laughs> no, it's all right. Gracious. Thank you. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Rascal then. Um, <clears throat> sure. So this is... Uh, is this your most recent release? It is the most recent, yeah. Because I know you're working on something else, right? Yes, I am. I Speaking of which, it's called Masterful. <laughs> Master, perfect timing, almost like we planned it, even though in this particular case we didn't. Um, so this uh, volume, um, I would say this is very much like a, um, a poetic uh, explanation of your psyche almost. <laughs> like this is yeah, how yeah. you came to be and the, the the guidance that you had set about yourself or discovered along the way, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's actually that, this is the book that I wrote just before I joined the Church of Satan. It was like, um, it was like at that point where I was like, I have never been happier than I am now. And I've never felt more like, you know, in, in just, I've never felt more, uh, again, comfortable in my own skin, more, um, you know, enjoying it, loving it, appreciating it, savoring it, relishing it, you know. And uh, uh, it, it, it seemed like the best way to, to talk about those, those things was by um, just... Um, celebrating uh you know what would would, would be considered um naughty and uh, devious i suppose but you know in a very uh this is actually uh can be incredibly healthy Mm -hmm. you can really look at these things from a very healthy point of view and i was operating from you know a perspective of having liberated myself from so much and just basically uh, at last living out, you know, the core of what had, all were, it had always been there, 
You know what I mean? It wasn't. It didn't come out of thin air, as it were. So, uh, you know, earlier you were talking about the whole, uh, you know, in the beginning you're like, oh, you know, boobs and horns and stuff, and then you have another perspective. But um, that's why it was really important for me in uh, when I took the photograph, the author of photo for this book. I thought, um, yeah, we're gonna put some horns on there. But <laughs> I, I, at the same, I'm sort of. I'm operating from this very playful but knowledgeable, experienced perspective. Right. You know what I mean? There, I've like been around the block. I've just, you know, I've I've done so many things in my in my life. You know, I mean, it's like I've when I was in those rebellious days there, and I was, you know, nihilistic. I mean, I was just like, you know, I I've done everything from, you know. Uh, 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 working in a peep show for a month to being you know, Eastern Orthodox lay monastic. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so nothing surprises Spending me. Spanning the gamut. <laughs> nothing surprises me. Uh, nothing shocks me. Nothing. Uh, I have no regrets. Um, mm. I have no regrets. Uh, I enjoy my life uh, as it is and as it continues to become. Because, you know, it's still a work in progress and there's still lots of, you know, fabulous things I want to do, write, talk about, uh, expound and, and so on. Yeah. But um, uh, it, it, when I wrote, yeah, when I wrote Rascal, it was a deeply, you know, personally satisfying thing to do. And it was, again, that there was this, that's the operative word, personal. Mm. It was, you know, now it's. It's okay if something's about me, uh, because that had sort of been a, 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 a gray zone. And again, you operate from, you know, if you, you're in a situation where you have a, a malignant narcissist type person who will just, you know, try to crush every last bit of, you know, individual uh, uh, leaning that you might have, that your thoughts aren't your own and your, your, your desires aren't, you know, like what you want to do in life, what you want to be, your thoughts, your, your, none of that ultimately belongs to you. And then you put your foot down and it's like, absolutely, it fucking is, well, mine. Mm. I am mine. I am mine and I'm no one else's, you know, and actually... When you really operate from that point of view, that's when you can actually start sharing this like overabundance of joy that you have. Right. So. Well, I love um, <laughs> for anyone who's ever seen anything that I I, I do. I, I love sharing imagery of me sort of celebrating um, the sort of brand persona that I put out for these shows. Yeah. So I have that really sort of bombastic intro of me getting dressed or... Um, you do it whether... so well. I, it, 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 I have to say again, just how much I enjoy that thing. Every time I, yes. I watch it, it's just like, you know, like, like, oh my goodness, it's just so... Uh, ooh, it's so smooth and sweet. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, and, and so it's always, I mean, my point of bringing this up, of course, is because the imagery that you put out there sharing your own persona that you've taken ownership of and, and cultivated, um, I think is an interesting way of saying it, um, is, it's incredible. I mean, it's, it's, it's of another era. It's, it's, I'm, I'm seeing like the golden age of cinema in some of this imagery, you know? I mean, you, and clearly, I mean, you're referencing uh, Groucho Marx or, mm -hmm. or Charlie Chaplin. You clearly yeah. have a connection to a time 
uh, past. So yeah. it's interesting seeing um, the imagery that you put together um, of yourself in these ways, um, paying not only homage to the the you that you have owned and defined, um, mm. taken ownership of and defined for yourself, but also a little bit of paying homage to, to what you're connecting with at the same time. Absolutely, because it's, you know, it's, we're not, you know, we're, we're, uh, I, I'm not operating out of a vacuum, obviously. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I draw yeah. inspiration from um, you were, were so many amazing things. There's so much out there that's you know interesting and rich and 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 uh, uh, I like to draw from that uh, as much as I can. I just uh, oh, absolutely. I love them. Um, uh, I mean, again, it's a love of beauty. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. which is also you know it's also inherently satanic. This idea, the love of of uh, of beauty, which is it's, which is, and that means many different things to many different people. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, uh, it's it's subjective and subjective at the same time. So, um, uh, and again, that's that goes. That goes in the idea of inventing oneself, creating oneself. That, I mean, that isn't, that is just such an, I just love that. It's so, um, you really take the rain, the reins of your life in your hands as opposed to having this imposed from the outside. It's mm-hmm. such a radical thing, yeah. you know, um, and uh, uh, again, you, you have to be willing to stand alone for that, I think. Mm-hmm. Because it's not always easy. It's not always no. easy. But it's yeah, most often yeah, not. <laughs> no, you have to be willing to pay the price. But mm-hmm. to me, it's worth it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Absolutely not. Well, I do want to mention everyone. Uh, go check out logospilgrim.com website. You can uh, learn a lot more about um, Logos Pilgrim, but also purchase her. Uh, books and uh, peruse a bunch of gallery images and stuff. We're going to continue here, but I just wanted to make sure to put that out there uh, for uh, those of you to know about. (laughs) I want to go back here because one thing that this, when I read it, left me wanting, and maybe that's, it's the best possible outcome. um, I'm such a tease. (laughs) Is that it left me wanting more. Like just to that point, like I want... you gave me enough to, to, it gave me a sort of, uh, I don't know if it's a, an absolute end point, but it certainly gave me a, a strength of, of position point um, of you in this. I wanted the, the dirty details of, of <laughs> what, what caused this transformation. Mm. You know, I, I wanted, I just, I wanted to get in more. Because it was it was so wonderful with the liberation part. I was just like, I just I, I need more. Like I need to know where this came from. And so again, maybe that's a good thing. But it, was that something that you intended, or were you trying to shield the specific details um, because they were less than important to where you are? Um, I. Okay, in a sense, you're you're quite right there. It's you know I tell I tell people I always tend to be very open and very cryptic at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the thing is that I'd actually um, I'd written about 
some of those details in a couple of previous books, but I felt like already by the time I wrote Rascal, I already felt like I transcended those those books. I wrote a book called um, There's a Hula Girl on My Dashboard, How I Left Faith Behind and Embraced Life. Wrote Great that title, book, and then the I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wrote another book called um, Atheist Tiki Hour. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, uh, uh, and I wrote about those those that, that you know I was you know really kind of emerging from another cocoon at the at that time. Mm. Again, you know we. We go through many stages in life. That's why the kid, you know, the kids shouldn't get discouraged because trust me, you're going to be, you know, going through many cocoons and many transitions as you sort of come closer and closer to that, that, that authentic core that you're like, this is, this is me. Do you know what I mean there? Um, and it takes, it takes a while to get there. Um, but, uh. After Rascal, I'm going to write another book um, in which I'll be uh, I'll be referencing uh, my uh, professor Snape years. <laughs> there's there's another there's a whole story right there. Right? <laughs> I actually have an image. I just got to cycle through to find it. But yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> I'm gonna try to find it really quick for you people. Sorry, we're passing a lot of good stuff here. And right? here I am, just up like Professor Snape, um, and. Uh, uh, during that, that was actually <clears throat> the years when I was uh, Eastern Orthodox, and I was operating from this incredibly mystical sort of like I refused to, um, uh, I refused to uh, it, it's so it's so easy to you know to judge a book by its cover, right? Mm-hmm. Which is always something that's always driven me insane, um, and uh, I mean I. The minute I saw him, Professor Snape, I, I felt a, you know, I, I, I felt like a connection to this character. There was something about him I found quite irresistible. And he was already labeled from the start as a traitor and as a, as a, you who, you, you know, he, whose side was he on? And he's this and he's that. And no matter what he did, it was always interpreted in this nefarious light, you know. Um, but from the start, I sensed that um, there was way, 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 way more to him. There was he was way more complex than than he was uh, portrayed uh, right. in the story at the beginning. Um, so uh, um, it was very important for, for me. It was it was was really important to me to. Um, basically reach out to people who had been told that they were shit and they were nothing and they were garbage and they were, you know, uh, like, uh, 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 you know, deficient in that sort of, uh, um, you have not pleased the ultimate pure deity of whatever. That just mm. infuriated the shit out of me. Um, and, uh, uh, again, it was, it was part of the, it was part of the, that was actually in a cocoon at the time, but I didn't know it. So when I, uh, I'm actually, I've, I've begun writing this book here, uh, masterful, um, and it'll, it, I'll be, uh, talking about this, this time when I was, uh, actually the, the photo right after this one is the author photo that'll be on at the back, not this one, the one where I have the code. There we go. Um, which you, as you can see. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to make really a statement with this photograph of like really having come into uh, my here. own. 
Thank you so much. Um, I, I there's this idea that you know I um, I have embraced my humanity. I am celebrating it as fiercely and uh, as 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 obviously as possible. Mm-hmm. But I share what I want to share. Uh, and and uh, uh, you know I'm the one who who decides what that that will be. Yeah. But there's this idea of of uh, of of really you know just having uh, come out of a transformative experience, feeling really so much closer to the the fullness you know of 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 uh of who i was mm-hmm. and just feeling comfortable with it and and just you know embracing all of it at the same time um and again when you embrace something it doesn't mean that you're not open to learning and changing and so on that, that i mean to me that those things kind of go hand in hand mm-hmm. so, um uh actually the sec the subtitle to masterful is um uh, masterful uh, Severus Snape, a jar of cockroaches in me. Right. <laughs> um, so in this book, I will be discussing some of the things I talked about in "There's a Hula Girl on My Dashboard." Um, except I will be uh, speaking, a, writing about it from this sort of uh, really empowered uh, satanic perspective. You know, nice. um, uh, as just really just saying i am human and uh i own myself mm-hmm. and this you know this, there is this is a, a wonderful thing to be you do you do not need any type of you know uh, exterior uh, uh cleansing or or fixing or healing or do you know what i mean yeah. um you don't need that that this this sort of um that's actually it's a it's a counterfeit transformation. It's a transformation that transforms nothing at all. It just all it does is it it basically enables this sort of you know these kind of um, uh, abusive ideas, whether whether they they they're supernatural uh, in flavor or or not. Mm-hmm. So um, there's actually in the um, Oh God, I forget. I forget which book. Yes, because I don't kind of I don't do a <laughs> and page thing here with Harry Potter. Um, I think it's in the um, crap. It's a it's in one of them. I forget mm-hmm. which. Uh, he um, um, it's Order of the Phoenix. I think he um, he has to teach Harry how to uh, shield his mind. Right. He has to teach Harry occlumency and. Um, um, he has to hide certain of his memories from Harry because if Harry came across those somehow, uh, it basically uh, it would be it would have disastrous consequences. Um, uh, it would it would basically not only endanger Snape's life, but it would basically endanger uh, everything that Dumbledore was uh, working for, mm-hmm. and so on. Um, so, anyways, bad. In a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of the memories that Harry came across was something that was deeply humiliating to Snape. But not only was it deeply humiliating to him, but it it, it was one of those things that um, could really have completely screwed up everything they'd worked 
for for years to to accomplish and uh, put Harry's life in danger and so on. And Snape just takes a jar of cockroaches and he just smashes it, you know, just above Harry's head and just get out, get out! I never want to see you again he's freaking out he's really reached like that was that was that was just really uh, that was the point where he was like uh, that's it this i'm not teaching him anymore about this i know this is the end of the lessons i don't care what you tell me dumbledore that's it but i think it's very important for everyone um well you know to have that moment you know, in your existence where you grab that jar of cockroaches and you smash it and it's like this far and no fucking farther. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, it's, uh, again, uh, 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 related to, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, how I've, uh, how I evolved and how I, I've grown. But, um, when I write about, um, uh, my experiences with uh, Harry Potter and speaking at conferences and Eastern Orthodoxy and uh, my childhood, my past, and so on and so forth. Um, I'll be doing it from uh, the best place I've ever been, mm. basically, you know, really having come into uh, my own mind and my own life. So uh, um, that's why. In a sense, Rascal is almost like a, it's a, a prelude to this book. Mm. Um, but I really enjoyed writing it in that kind of poetic, um, poetic, obscure sort of way. That's really, you know, uh, a very fanciful storytelling, if you will. Like, you know, let me tell you a story, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not really sharing specifics. Right. I'm just cloaking them in 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 a in a in a story. In this one, in Masterful, I will be bringing up some of those specifics for sure. Oh, I'm um, gonna have to pick it, it up. Poetic. It'll still be poetic because I I kind of that's always the way that I've uh, I've done things. Yeah. I, I've often told friends that when I write, um, my you know my English is perfumed with French. <laughs> <laughs> So it just tends to be that way. I naturally yeah. that's that's how I do it, and I I like to enjoy myself when I write. So I just go with what works, you know. Yeah. Well, I think it does work, and I am looking forward to this volume being released. Um, I think we are going to have to stop this. Uh, conversation sure. just because we're running a little bit long but we Bob. still haven't even scratched the surface of what <laughs> i would like to have talked about too um it's just such a good conversation sometimes they get away with you that's all it is well i hope that it you know you were able to get around to at least some of what you wanted oh to absolutely get around. I, I tend to meander no, etc no, 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 no. <laughs> um i think that i think the, the truth of it i believe is that when 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 you find yourself with a wealth of uh experience and you start sharing that experience it inspires me to jump in and start playing off of those ideas and we end up on a, a path that 
may not be as direct as I was expecting originally, but we still ended up in a place where we learned, we learned a whole hell of a lot about you, which was really the whole point of this conversation in the first <laughs> place, but also spoke to uh, your wonderful writing and some of the volumes that you have out now and that you're going to be having out soon. We just get, didn't get into the, the, the dress-up, uh, the costuming, the performances and stuff, so... I don't know. Would you ever want to come again and, and just sure, sort of chat sure. about you're, some other things? Yeah, absolutely. You're just very lovely. And, oh, uh, you know, in a few months there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I have to tell you, if you, you know, doing an interview with me, it'll never go in a straight line. <laughs> that's, that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I, I've rarely ever been in an interview which has. So <laughs> it's, it's always just like everywhere in which way. It's totally... It, strangely, it's the normal way of, of ending up. You, you never Absolutely. have a straight line. Um, Absolutely. Uh, but to that point, uh, are there places online you would prefer people to find you over others? Uh, where can people go to learn more about you? Um, my website, my main website, mm -hmm. logospilgrim.com is a good place. That's where like, uh, you know, I, I, well, I, 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 I try to post, you know, once or twice a month. Mm -hmm. um, and then I post more often on my Patreon. Um, and I like to, you know, share photographs on Instagram. I just, I've sort of, I tweet a little bit, but I've, I don't do as much on Twitter as I used to because I, I find Twitter's degenerated into this sort of maelstrom of, of, uh, how can one put it delicately? <laughs> right. It's a shit show is what you it know, is. I just, yeah, I like, I like to share, you know, photos of the, like the seventies and disco and weird seventies dishes and things of that nature, fun stuff basically on, on Twitter. So, um, but, uh, I'm, I'm. Uh, my website is a good is a good place to start for sure. Okay, so that's logospilgrim.com. Uh, yeah. it should be in the description below as well. So uh, seriously, go go check it out. There's a lot of really wonderful stuff. And your when you dress up as um, like Pee Wee Herman, that's fantastic. <laughs> and like uh, Charlie Chaplin is just fucking priceless i mean it's so good and then just the 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 series of photos that you do um just of yourself in different outfits and stuff i mean it is it you know you're a beautiful woman um but it does you know if you've read any of your works you know that there's strength behind that and in a <laughs> world where beauty seems to be such a hollow pursuit it's nice seeing substance behind it from time to time so thank you for sharing that stuff one you're you know, and being willing um, but also thank you for writing such wonderful work and uh, allowing you. others a little bit of a window into your life and into your mind. Uh, I think it's valuable. So much. I was, it was my pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me on. It was absolutely lovely. I've enjoyed, you know, your stuff for, for some time now and uh, you're just so delightful. It's, it's truly a pleasure to have been on. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, and to everyone <laughs> tuning in live, Thank you, guys. <laughs> I appreciate Thank you guys you. this time, Thank too. Thank you, everyone, for being here. I was sort of looking on the in the corner of my eye there, but I, just, mm. I, I was, yeah, I was, uh, I was uh, trying to focus more on, um, um, you know, uh, forming sentences. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good thing. <laughs> so don't fault you at all for not paying too much attention to the chat room. Uh, this was a good one. Sometimes they just go off the rails. <laughs>
But uh, again, we do appreciate your interaction, and you can always um, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel and sign up to the email list to find out who I'm going to be speaking with next, what we're going to be talking about, and when I can have the Lovey Logos Pilgrim back on again. I was just uh, going to add one other thing, as Columbo would say. Um, you can actually also find uh, Rascal on uh, Underworld Amusement. Yeah. They, he- yeah, that's on that website too. So you can get it on Amazon, but but you can also get it on the lovely Reverend uh, Magister Slaughter's website yeah. as well. Yeah, underworldamusements.com. He's his work is pretty damn stellar and just <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, know. I, I have a pile of books. That I have <laughs> Don't we all, right? Yeah. I have piles of books. So, yeah, he's the, every, he, he just keeps coming up with more and more material that is just really, you know, uh, I, I'm just so intrigued by and just mm-hmm. so uh, curious to read. And so it's uh, so interesting and um, uh, it has such, you know, depth to it. I, yeah, so lovely stuff there for sure. Awesome. Well, until we can speak of the devil again, hail Satan. Hail Satan.